to come here for comedy? Um, well, I just think for you know everyone does comedy a little differently. For me personally, I uh, I want to get in front of new places as much as possible, right? Because it's like Connecticut, where I'm from, not the biggest state. We have a we have a nice scene. I you know I like Connecticut's comedy scene, but it's not very mm -hmm. big. It's like the same twenty people I see at the same four mics every week. Uh, so that's you know that gets to be old pretty quick, and there's only so many shows that are booking out of Connecticut. So. At a certain point, you know, there's only so much you can do. You got to get out, go somewhere different. So if I can go to, you know, if I can only do four mics a week in Connecticut, that's not really enough to uh, try to get better, in my opinion. So it's, okay, I'll go to Jersey this week. I'll go up to Massachusetts this week, out to Rhode Island sometimes, over to, you know, the Hudson Valley, over to New York City. It's like all these places are roughly an hour, hour and a half away. It's not the end of the world, so I might as well get out, try different things, and you meet all sorts of new comics like yourself, Carl, make new connections, uh, get in yeah. new rooms. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've got, had a very good experience with going to new places. Now, way back when, it was pre-pandemic, a bunch of comedian, co Connecticut comedians, maybe four or five of you, would show up at the Reserve Club once or twice. And, and uh, some of those Connecticut comedians were on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. They were on uh, King of the Mountain at Scotty's in, in Springfield. They've all withered away. You're the guy who keeps coming out. This is dedication to craft, and I commend you for it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, to be honest with you, a lot of those guys um, just don't do comedy anymore. Um, wow. Huh. Pandemic yeah. or who knows? Uh, some of them, the pandemic, I mean, everyone's different, just kind of taught them that this wasn't really what they wanted to be doing with their life. And that's okay. You know, it's their choice. Some of them moved because of the pandemic. I mean, a lot of people, some of them just disappeared. I, I you know, I haven't heard from them since. So you never know. Yeah. So I think it's really great that you come out an hour and a half isn't too much. That's certainly true. And you get yourself in front of a bunch of strangers. See if your jokes work to a different group of people. Exactly. Okay, now, Chris Warren, how do people find you out there on the internet, out there in social media, the Instagrams, the Snapper chats? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Chris Warren Comedy on Instagram. That's Chris Warren Comedy. Uh, and I post all my shows up there. All my dates for the month are up there. So you can come find me mm -hmm. doing shows uh, all over New England, New York, New Jersey. So hopefully somewhere near you, come out and say hi. Now, we just did a show together, right? Uh, we went down there, the the open mic. Uh, I, it, they never canceled it, even though the host didn't show up because of a COVID fear or something. We got up in front of a day, bunch of strangers, the three of us, right? Luke, you and I. And it went horrible, I felt, right? Nobody was paying attention. This is the stuff that toughens you up, yes? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, I mean, it sucked. But, you know, that is... Uh... As much as it'd be fun, right, to do mm -hmm. a real show in a real club every night, that's uh, not where we're at right now. <laughs> so you got to do some open mic comedy every now and again. And uh, open mic comedy can be very brutal. And that was a night, perfect yeah. example. This, uh, we were at this little dive bar in New Jersey. Raritan, uh, Raritan, New Jersey, Mike. Raritan, New Jersey, and uh, there were a bunch of guys watching the college football game, <laughs> and they did not like that comedy was interfering with that very much. That's right. That's right. And they just came out to, you know, their local watering hall, and we invaded, 
and uh, but it, it toughens you up. It, it it was still you know, and you worked the crowd. I really didn't hear. I heard material towards the end, but you knew you read the room and you started with your intro and you and you worked the crowd. I thought that was very very uh, clever. I didn't do that. I, I appreciate that, Carl. Yeah, it's just um, I've done comedy in so many weird places. Like, you know, that's just, you kind of read when a room is not wanting comedy. It, it doesn't really benefit you to do a setup punchline kind of joke because they're yeah. not paying attention. So you want to try to uh, get them involved as much as possible. And granted, they didn't give me very kind answers to my attempted <laughs> crowd work with them. Uh, a lot of fuck off. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do is exactly what you did. Okay, now, out there on Instagram, it's Chris Warren Comedy. Now, Chris, everyone at home, is poised to watch this movie. They're ready to press play at the exact same second that we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Warren, and give me that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, will do, guys. Everybody ready? Hands on the remotes. Three, two, one, play. All right. Is this simply movie's logo going to be in the entirety of this movie? This is Columbia, and it um, will not be the entirety. Okay, that's good. Oh, yes, yeah, Simply Movies? Yo, that guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. he did to us. Well, Dude, at least you brought us... That is the woman from Hudson Hawk. <laughs> that's exactly And in the opening right. credits. She now is in this opening credits. Oh, these are real people. I don't know who he is. I know that guy, Lionel Jeffries. That's right, you do. These He's are all... Our show. Oh, really? Was, there's a... Uh, the butler from Training Places, I recognize yeah, Elliot. Yeah, him on our show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, special appearances, not just starring. Right, special they're like well-known English guys, and they show up. Ooh, now introducing. These credits are going crazy. Oh, and guest star. We have yeah, a guest star introduction. He's throughout the whole thing. I don't get that. They had special appearance of introducing. Right. Yeah, uh, then guest star. It's very British to do. Is this a movie like or that. TV show or it's variety special? And they shot in black and white because it was cheaper and it was accepted. I mean, we've had color since the 30s, but people would still have a black and white TV. They would go to a black and white movie. It was done to save a lot of money. That's absolutely right. There was, you know, you had color TV, but most people have black and white TVs. Mm hmm. That's why you would see these commercials on for television for color television shows in black and white. They just figured either way it's going to reach the audience. Why pay in color? There are these the actual people you think? Yes, Michael Winner. He's the director, and he came up with this idea, the story. He got someone to script it for him. Right. He would go on to do Death Wish, and it's like two of its sequels. Yeah, no, I remember him from the Electric Boogaloo, the Canon Pictures story. He passed away, unfortunately, when the film was released uh, by 2014, <laughs> and he wasn't introduced. But a lot of people have a lot of negative stories about him and his director style and just the way he was uh -huh. uh, on Death Wish and just the kind of nihilism that his stuff had. And gotcha. I, I know that he was like a celebrity restaurant critic and he has a lot of Me Too right. like charges. Paper, right. Yeah. He was a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah, he was on TV a lot and he would go on talk shows and be snobby. Okay, 
So this uh, general just showed up who says is a special guest. He's not. And he's like, you there! <laughs> Where's the man I was promised? Begging your pardon, sir? Snap to! <laughs> you know, it's all this. Is that on. Are you doing your Terry Thomas impersonation? Yeah, he showed up to pick up. Right now he's like, oh, dreadfully sorry to interrupt your, your car, you know, meeting of the minds. <laughs> He re he reminds yeah he's great and he it's was in, yeah precisely at sport sixteen hundred hours it is now sixteen hundred and twenty hours. He re he reminds me of uh uh well I I'll, I'll say once the plot line is revealed but there's a John uh, Cleese movie with a scavenger hunt and John right. Cleese plays the guy who introduces the instructions and he does it you know in his normal Terry Thomas esque manner right right. Now, this guy, Terry Thomas, was he, he's throughout the whole thing. He was the English character actor. You know him well. You see the gap in his teeth. He was in sure. Mad Mad World. Right, right, which was like two years ago from this movie, like 63. Now, he's not a star, this guy we're meeting. He's an American. He's not the star of it, but he is like... Uh, Colombians fisted on having him. They thought he was going to bring it to America. Well, I never heard of this movie, so I guess it didn't succeed. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the director says some snotty thing about him. <clears throat> right. What a winner. Okay. You know, I can. Uh, Charles Schneer liked the Hackney script, agreed to make it a <laughs> deal he had with Columbia. Columbia insisted that Michael Carlin play a lead role. Winner called the actor a nice fellow. Who didn't sell the film in America and didn't help it in England either? Ooh, so meow. <laughs> meow. Meow. Goodness. Uh, Sit up maybe, in your chair. Maybe that was this poor direction. So we have uh, a Scotsman, an American. Yeah, we're meeting another guy who has to report to this base for some reason. All right. And we're just learning he's like silly, over pompous, military, takes himself too seriously is a little delusional because of it no uh and he's wearing a kilt so he's gonna there'll be some up kilts shots i imagine well this is an army someone's bound to get killed oh you know in this world it's kilter be killed <laughs> it's helter kilter out there man that's one great thing about cocktails are the garnishes like you can get the pickled cauliflower you can just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of my hey. bloody berries with yeah. olives deep in the goo, <laughs> I have to use my finger. Hey, well, can you give me a celery so I can get the carrot, the olives out? Thanks. Hello, I'm Fitzroy Tabasco. Goodness. Tabasco. <laughs> now, these guys, I'm supposed to recognize everybody, right? Like, this is well, one of those. Uh, you certainly recognize denim and. No, you're not. If you were English, yes, you'd know him. Right. All. Like, but if we were watching... Him, he was in Dick Van Dyke. Um, he was in our movie in um, The Prisoner of Zenda. Right, so, that's right. Oh, right, he was in Prisoner of Zenda, the, the Scottish guy here. Yeah, and Mary... Different. Was it Mary Poppins? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He was the grandfather of Dick Van Dyke. That was an amazing. I, I'm still waiting for them to make a car like Chitty Chitty. <laughs> Everybody knows you and cars. You got that bang bang. 
people always derail that movie, but you know what? Stop making kids movies. Maybe we won't have to deal with that. You got to crank out movies for children year after year. Are you going to come up with Chase Bang Bang? How about we just <laughs> stop? The kids have plenty of movies. Just reissue them. Save money. Near, far, in a motor car. I'm not sure what that is from. Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right. Okay. I All I remember is... Uh, what did you bang bang we love you Chitty bang bang we love you when i saw as a kid in a motor car oh that's the next line we love you as a kid i'm like this is the worst movie i ever saw and then oh really whoa i had an erection it was like my first bad movie (laughs) (laughs) what's happening i was fooled by that movie and it was all colorful and then it fucking flew right but it was terrible oh all right yeah We'll have to rewatch it. Maybe I'm it's sure it won't hold up for me. And I was just a little kid. Right. I, bet you I, I like it because I was like, hi, hi, good man. I love those two lyrics from that song. <laughs> so what are they, they're planning. So this is the plot. They, they hired, they got all these military guys from different countries or what have you. Yeah. Are they like all like army or Navy or. They're all the branches. And then you got the My Fair Lady guy up there, the general, being yeah. like, this is the age of nuclear war. However, I'm sure you would agree that there wouldn't be a scrape on the ground or two. So, like, the idea is, you know, how do we test you, uh, your metal as a soldier? So what they're going to do is pretend that there was a nuclear bomb, the country is devastated, they have to go out with a list of six scavenger hunt type things to put into a, like a time capsule and be buried forever to preserve England. Oh, like a bag of ch- uh, crisps? <laughs> yes. Because one of them is like ducks. Like uh, in many English houses, they have these ceramic ducks hanging on the wall. <laughs> oh, that's okay. great. So I would get you know, a Billy Bass space. <laughs> right. No, you know the hood ornament on the Rolls Royce? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of them. Oh, like the BC Boys. Remember the uh, people in England were like stealing the Volkswagen uh, logo yeah. from the cars because they could dress like 1987's BC Boys? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so you they also one of them is a lock of hair and an autograph from this French porn singer named sylvia tarnett now why is that english i don't know well we saw a lot of like we like to watch movies from england during the 60s especially like the swinging you know london scene and sex comedy so maybe that's that angle the greatest thing for me about this film is all the accents which we're not going to listen to for the most part right so he's saying like if there's a nuclear bomb we want to see you guys collect items for a time capsule to see how you would survive and just how resourceful you are. Yeah. Now, it's a stupid premise because they're going to go out there into the real world, not a nuclear war world, and they're basically going to go get the stuff. It is a scavenger hunt. It doesn't make sense. And then they win something, whoever gets the scavenger. Yeah, they get a, a, um, a, a trip around the world with a partner, and they also get like promises of promotion, promotion, promotion. It, it's never defined 
So this is like it's a mad, 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 mad world with yeah. Terry Thomas from two years ago, but this yeah. time it's different comedians, British comedians. Well, it's England. It's so England. So this is like rat race. This is what I'm talking about. Like John Cleese gave the instructions of what you need to do to win the game. Uh-huh. And you know, the one fun one of the great moments of that movie, he goes, Go. And then like look at her, he goes, Go. And he goes, What do you mean? <laughs> that was good. That was a good song. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have to see that again. Well, I saw that in the theater in 99, like, you know, best movie year ever. But I recently showed that to my kid thinking, like, I kind of like this comedy. Maybe this is like a modern day mad, 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 mad world. And there's a scene where this woman catches her husband having an affair in a jacuzzi and she's overhead in the helicopter. So she lowers the helicopter to break open the uh, above ground jacuzzi, outdoor jacuzzi. And my kid was like, ugh. It's what's so funny with all this destruction. I was like, oh, how great. <laughs> you know, didn't hold up. No, it didn't hold up. Didn't know in why. Way. In a disappointing way. Yeah, like it didn't see the comedy. Like, uh, what was so funny with destruction? Like, you know, dumb slapstick. Because the movie was a lot of destruction. Oh. some good. I loved slapstick. I just do. I Look, do you know it's fake. You know it's a presentation to and it's called entertainment. You know it's pretend on TV, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you sit there and think, I don't know, there is empathy though. Well, I don't know. I just believe that nobody's really getting hurt like it's all fake so right. and not only that like when there's chaos like things get destroyed and car chases it's more action for me uh -huh. than like haha comedy but it's funny action so therefore it falls under comedy right and, you know the rhythm of it like a fight always has like great choreography in a movie and you have that visual kick of it and that's the fun of the movie so if a car smashes into a fruit basket a fruit stand yeah, when a guy who gets shot falls gracefully, you know it's a movie. Right. But, you know, when Smokey drives his car through a, a plate glass window that two people are carrying, it's funny, I guess. <laughs> All right. Children. Okay. Enjoy the corn maze. Watch out for the children in the corn. Right. Now, our upperclassman, you know, Elliot Dellum. Yeah. Denholm Elliot. Of course, he's sitting his ass on the bench. He's already, you know, making preparations and arrangements for his people to get him out of there. There's a, I love how there's a bench in a maze. It's the That's, center. Oh, so it's not like a cheat, like if I pass by the park bench. <laughs> I guess it is the center. Yeah. I read a history of mazes, like in how these, these corn mazes are made. And mm -hmm. they're mostly made to get tourists, you know? Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Yeah, well, you know what? You, you, you do get lost in it. <laughs> yeah, and you, it's, you can't go backwards. You know, it's not, no. a, it's not a, in the newspaper. Well, I was like, I want to start from finish and go, from, you know, trace my finger. I'm like, no, sir. I would never do one of these mazes in the winter if it was lightly snowing just a little bit because I would be in the shining. That's right. It gets a little spooky. I yeah, love this slapstick. Really spooky. Now, you're talking about slapstick where nobody gets hurt. He's just 
pole yeah. vaulted. He pole vaulted. He said, for Scotland! He pole vaulted. What is that? And he smashed through a greenhouse. And then he started reprimanding the guy who was like, what the fuck? He was like, stand up straight, so <laughs> You know, and stuff. It's so English. Oh, my goodness. So our Elliot Dellum, our aristocrat, has right. now given orders to, like, a soldier. Deliver this for me, chop, chop, straight away by private messenger. Right? So... United States government guy just did it. We've been in these movies of England before. Like, it's about class, right? So that's the comedy, is these different people of different classes trying to escape a corn maze. Yes. That comedy and the different branches, they contrast each other, you know? The American sticks out like a sore thumb. When you're listening to them, you think you're... You're watching, like, uh, I Dream of Genie's, um I don't know. He's just so American of the day. This is 65, so it's, like, setting up for... I don't know. I guess this guy didn't hit in the end, right? So the note reached the person. They brought a fucking chopper. I love it. Now everyone wants that chopper. Right. And everyone's going to get it. And they don't, well, you know what, that's it. Fuck the one person. Wow, look at this. So is this funny, this image? They have a real people dangling. Do you, you know, that has a crazy music probably, or I don't know. I do find it funny. It's a spectacle. I like seeing movies. And if there's going to be explosions and car crashes, sometimes, you know, it's supposed to be funny. It's a funny premise. This is a funny premise. It's just not like in a chortle. I don't know. It's That's like weird. you're going into a pretend place for entertainment value. So it's right. like, you know it's a fake movie. Even if it was a nuclear explosion, you know it's a fake movie. So you can, okay, watch how they get hit by the trees. And the director kind of cheated us or the cinematographer. Oh, they're on a human fox hunt? Ooh, this is like the hunt. Right. Yeah. Now, they're giving everyone a mile. You can't be within one mile of this base starting, you know, with uh, in one hour. So now these guys are just scrambling to get off base. So they both got bonked <laughs> off the chopper. They all got bonked off the chopper into the woods. Now, this scavenger hunt, do they have to pick the items in a particular order? Or can they just... Except for one. There's one they're going to be asked to get that they don't know about yet. They're all supposed to go to this hoity-toity organization thing uh, and ask for a message. Uh, no, I, have more, I have more questions regarding their scavenger hunt. Do okay. you have to know the bride to be part of this uh, scavenger hunt at no. the, the bachelorette party? <laughs> no, you don't have to know the bride. So this is not a bachelorette party. Something borrowed. Okay. Now, do you really have to be like, are you from the city, man? Like, do you have to be a native? You have to be born in San Francisco? And the clues are like, this place has a picture of something on the second floor. And you're like, oh, that's Ireland's 32, obviously. <laughs> Anyone from the city would know that. Like, is it an obscure city hunting? No, it's all British stuff. Gotcha. Have you done a scavenger hunt? When was the last time you did a scavenger hunt? Uh, like, when I was, you know, like... A teenage early 20s i don't know did you do one for your children like hey kid we have a family activity uh probably i don't yeah. have 
a memory of a scavenger hunt. I always thought it was kind of like busy work. But you know, I think it's fun when you when you try to find things in the city, like uh, or your your neighborhood, like just little details, and you be like, uh-huh. oh, of course, or like you know, it's it's kind of clever. Uh, our man, my our man Godfrey, my man Godfrey mm-hmm. was uh, like a 1940s uh, screwball okay, comedy. Have to interrupt, right? Okay. Right now, a real fox hunt is fucking up the army. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, back. <laughs> oh well, so they they have a scavenger hunt, and one of the items they they have to find the upper class is a homeless man, uh-huh. and they find this guy, and he stays on as their butler, and it winds up that you know his life was ruined, but he had a a history of his own, and uh, but it was just funny that like you know these it was so like the hoity toity during the depression were like uh, yeah the scavenger hunt was to find a, a bum as in the parlance right that's so robber baron yeah oh, the old British gag is he gonna like stop drinking or something this is uh, great no, Carl. I know exactly why you thought that yeah like usually James Bond drives by and the guys are drinking and fishing and then when he he drives by his car in the water he like throws the bottle in the water that's what I was thinking Mm-hmm. This guy's in a wetsuit. Have you ever walked in a wetsuit? It's fucking painful. Ooh, nice yeah. uh, jagged swipe. Okay, now this is the guy who didn't get picked up by the chopper, and his joke the whole time will be... He's digging uh, a hole? Right, and he'll get caught. So you have to be one mile away from the <laughs> base, okay? So our American has done that. Now he's in the process of stealing clothes to get dry. I always like it when they hang up their sheets. It's like a dressing room. Yeah. Now he's got oh. a little BB pellet, you know. Yeah, blow, British blow gun. Is that what it's called? It's BBB British BB guns. Oh, I yeah, I remember BBB one. <laughs> BB. Yeah, right. That's really played. Well, you would say you would announce it. You would say this is BBB one. <laughs> Our broadcasting. This is service B base. Well, that's more like a radio guy. Oh, the old room. So is calling his girlfriend, okay? Uh-huh. Who is really nice. Uh, and she's helpful and great. Now, he's not supposed to have any help, but none of them follow the rules. No, so well, this is seems like very arbitrary. Well, she's going to be a player in the whole thing. Whoa, look at this. Whoa, look at her go. Who can turn the world on with her <laughs> smile? Oh, no, is she driving? This is 1965. Okay, the cars so, try to pass her. Right. Her comedic joke throughout the whole movie is she just fucking obliviously has crashes and threatens lives. And, you know, she's a nuisance. She barks the wrong place. Jesus, talk about nostalgia. I can't even think of a good woman's driver joke. It's been Look years at that. since. Look at what uh, you just did. Jesus Christ. No, I'm being American there. Right. Jiminy Cricket. Okay, listen. One of the things on the list is an English rose. Now, it's called the, like, Sir Royalty Snooty name. So they think it's a person. So oh. he's there to look up. The, he's, yeah, um, he's looking. 
<laughs> the skirt of, no, to look up the name of this royal person. Excuse he's at the library. You? Yeah, he's at the library. Now, this is the mom he stole the pants from. He doesn't She's know a... it. Really? Yeah. This is a small town. But the fucking kid knows it. Hello, I'm an innocent dummy American. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm pompous. Great. I'm looking for a book. I think he fits this picture fine. I don't know why the director needs to shit on this guy. He's not He's not trying to hitch a star off this movie. Maybe it's right. a movie's fault it didn't launch his fucking career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because people continue to act. You know, he doesn't have to... You know, he doesn't have to... You got a bunch of, like... This is an all-star cast, and they put an unknown in there. Big deal. Yeah, They were just really pissed big. that it was American. You know, that they were trying to go for an American audience pander to an American audience. You know, this is really quite funny, his condescension, if you ever get to see this movie without us. Sure. So now the mom, you know, she goes, take off those pants. <laughs> what? And he goes, I have that effect on women. I just can't explain it. <laughs> American. Those are my husband's clothes. This is sort of coincidence. Ooh, so now, see, I can't do that. I can't jump into a car like that. Well, you're not, I mean, we're not 20, maybe he's 31. He can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting like, what is oh, that? Oh, no, no, anyway? I'm not saying, I'm not you saying that I'm old. Say I just don't want to be in a car with a woman driving. <laughs> Goodness, Michael. I'm shocked. Look, look at her. She can't how, drive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's fake in a movie, it's a comedic point, and it's an of an age in which they weren't sensitive to stereotypes. So shame on them and let's enjoy. <laughs> well, let's get a Rolls Royce. Oh, so they're gonna steal the hood of the Rolls Royce at the dealership? Well, yeah, you see, the guy who's trying to buy here, he's uh where is he? Ah, there he is. His name is Lee Montague. You might have seen him in Space 1999. Nope. Uh, he was that in that miniseries called Holocaust in 78. Right. Yeah, yeah. There was like those roots and then there was Holocaust. Yeah, he's Staff Sergeant Mansfield. And so his comedic thing throughout is he's going to get everything he needs. He's going to buy it, but he's going to use army requisition for it. You know, that's like a you can invoice the army. So oh, so buying the hood ornament. He should just buy everything else, right? Call it a day. That's Amazon. what he will do. That will be his community. He goes, I don't think that's quite right, Guild, sir. That's better than money, I tell you. He just cheats. He just buys his way. Well, I don't know. He is the uh, staff sergeant. Okay. Right. So it is in his power to like, no administration, which means like expense reports and shit. There's, and there's a sense of urgency. Do they have to complete this? Be the well, yeah, first one? two days, 48 hours. Huh. Oh, I like this arboreum. Well, this is where they're going to find that snooty named. We'll get some like I'm shocked nun jokes, you know. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to pass. I want none of that. <laughs> We've said that, Joe, too much. I, none more. None, none more. Post the Raven. We none said that. More. So we said uh, that joke. I think we said it, none of them. Lady McDonough. Lady McDonough. Lady Frances McDonough. That's what it was. I think. I, I think. I would hope it's a federal crime to steal plants from an arboreum. That arboreum mm -hmm. should be like part of a federal. Protected. Yeah. There ought to be a law, don't you think? There is, Mike. Of course, you can't do what he just did. You're no, it's wasn't. Look, someone took it from before us. Yeah. Hello, we're going to pretend it lie and stuff. <laughs> we're Americans. Can you explain what these things are? Oh, she's, flowers. She's so English, but he's oh, American. Yeah, yeah, she's so English. It's, Goodness, it's so hot in here. I'll have to take off all of my clothes. The nuns go, oh, oh, oh. oh arboreums do get, it does get hot in arboreums. You know, a lot of yeah. it's natural lighting. It was built, you know, in the 1800s or something before electricity even. For more information about the Arboreum, <laughs> visit the Arboreum Welcome Library. Welcome to Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> Hello. This oh. is our Arboreum. I didn't see you come in. I'm churning butter, which was common at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's common in my time is what I meant to say. I need this job. You know, in Colonial Williamsburg, I am the butter churner, but I'm on my break. I'm Mike and I'm on my phone. <laughs> Okay, so God. he's doing the, she wants the rose. So she's doing this ruse. This is all in the service of her American boyfriend, by the way. I got to bring that up for the end of the film, okay? Okay, so she's doing it for her love of her life. So they're going to they're gonna win the prize and go off together. I got you. So he, she has like run up to him going, Oh, Leo, it's wonderful to see you, Leo. And kiss, 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 kiss. And he goes, Madam, please contain yourself. And she goes, oh, <laughs> it's me. It's my eyes. You're not him at all, are you? And she's like, what can I ever do to make it up to you? <laughs> Let me give you a ride into London. That's quite right of you. Here we what go. What is Laurie? <laughs> What's your story, Morning Laurie? Uh, Laurie? You see how it rolls through with that swipe? They, mu they must have, the swipe, these swipes are so obnoxious. Not since oh, Star okay. Wars have been so self-conscious. There's like jagged swipes and there's like a, uh, we hate Caddyshack. Terrible movie. <laughs> Why is he busted? He just escaped. Okay. What, the, what did he escape from? He was within one mile That's of... ridiculous. Yeah, but the MP doesn't know that. That's bullshit. So they Yes, the MP does know that. So they, they put him back into the maze. Oh, this guy will never leave. Right, and that's going to be his whole joke. So here's Denim. So he's rich, right? So he's got a right, so brother. He's, right, he's gone yeah. back to his hotel. Or he's either getting a hotel or this is a place he resides at often. Darling, how are you? Look what? at that little dog. <laughs> little dog. She hugs him while holding the little dog around him. So cute. How much do you think that little dog would be? That's a pretty, pretty high-end dog, right? <laughs> a pure breed. Yeah, I guess, yeah. 
probably yeah. like I don't know today maybe four thousand dollars. Damn. If you with all his shots and his papers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my hat? I do. I say I do. Okay, basically now, what 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 Elliot Denham is doing is he's having everyone around him go fetch him things, right? Oh, so he he great, yeah, of course. So he's because like, he go bring me the hood ornament of the Rolls Royce of your father's Rolls Royce, and she's like, oh, but I'm starving. Can't we eat first? This will only take you but thirty minutes, to, but <laughs> an hour pass or something. I because love it. I have some things for you to arrange. You can count on me, sir. Go get these ducks. <laughs> All right, all right. So it's the flower is the Lady Macbeth. It is yeah. the uh, the duck, right? Yeah, that's what uh, like a decoy duck, right? It's uh, the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And it's, then check this one out. It's an electric hare, a rabbit from a greyhound race. Oh, cool! Yeah, it is the lock of hair and the autograph of a French pop singer, and then it's another <laughs> item they don't know yet. Well, you know, the director wasn't allowed at the racetrack because uh, they were nervous. He was—he was a born winner. <laughs> That's right. You—you you cannot. Your your money's no good here, sir. Yeah, I think I said that backwards. Can I help you? Yes, I'm Mr. Winner. Well, aren't you cocky? Well, the house will not honor your request, <laughs> sir. Now, please allow the next patron. Please step aside for paying customers. You know, I prefer director director Michael Loser more to my heart. <laughs> you know, I I don't use high definition film like all my friends insist on it. I think it's you know they're they're so like fucking stoned and fucked up. You know, everything's out of focus. I work uh -huh. with definition film now. Love it. Took me a second. I will not work with high definition film. Don't even get me started on tweaking definition film. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, the, oh, the, the worst is way too high definition films because <laughs> right. you, they're not focused and uh, you, they lose the plot and like they switch stories. It's just you know, make I got you. Uh oh, okay, Scotsman's washing. She has lured him into like her relative's apartment in the city. She's got him to take a shower, and now she's nicking. She's nicking. She's stealing the rose. Now we'll get some. Oh, we didn't get like a bad driving joke. She's driven away with it. These are the the relatives who are arriving home. I was going to say, like, they just left this. Literally, this guy is hanging. They left this guy hanging. See, he's hanging right now, his balls. <laughs> now, look, you see those ducks? Yeah. I don't know. Somehow those aren't the ducks that the rest of the people go for. But they're English ducks. They're traditional. They're ceramic. Those look like bathroom tiles to me. I'll show you what I mean later. I love it. They go in. There's the Scotsman showering in their house. So if it's common, then that's the easiest item in the, in the scavenger hunt. Yeah, what he's saying right now is, I've bought me me squatters rights. <laughs> no, he's not. He's embarrassed, and he's mad at uh, the girlfriend. Right. Annabella. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash? Anna Nash? 
<laughs> I, a Nash? No. no. She, look, she was only in that Bond spoof that Casino Royale and Yeah, let's not talk about let's not talk about that movie. Yeah, why? I got other ones in that movie. All right. No, go ahead. I, I want to hear the other ones. Why? We're not talking about it. It's a really hard movie to sit through. Yeah, I know. I, I never finished it myself. I don't know. I have no memory of it anymore because... I finished it. I said, listen, I, I've been watching this half-ass for 25 years. I'm just going to watch it all the way through. And I went, what a waste of my life. <laughs> like, I did it, right? It has a good theme song. At least it was multiple directors directing Casino Royale as a parody yeah. of James Bond with different people. Of course, Woody Allen playing Jimmy Bond, his cousin. I don't, I see. I remember, I tell you, I've seen that film, uh, but I must have quit on it because I don't have. Yeah, no, I it's know tough. he was in it. Well, it was also Orson Welles and John Huston. It was like every like pop 60s kind of jokey. It was the, uh, you must be joking of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was two years I, later. I must have just dismissed it, uh, even though I might have seen it. I don't know. But that's how bad it sucked, I guess. It's really hard. And when they actually did the Daniel Craig version, I was like, took me, I said, I'm not going to watch it. And then when I saw <laughs> it, <laughs> I was relieved, you know. Okay, so he's got this ploy that he's with the... Uh, uh, what was that Kennedy organization where you, the kids would go uh, help? Peace Corps. The Peace Corps. He's got this scam going where he's in the Peace Corps and he's collecting stuff. And, you know, even these ducks, because they sell them for money. Anyway, he luckily opened up the door on a sexy one. Right. Like, why don't you come inside? Mm-hmm. You know, like. She is very sexy. Cleavage out. Yeah. So, She's got a lower class accent like that, but she's got the ducks on her wall. That's what he's here for. You see him? Yeah, I see it. Nice view. Yeah. First time I ever saw him, I was quacking up. So he saw the married, uh, that she's married. Yes, just now. <laughs> Amazing. I love that dress. Lingerie dress. It's a corset. Your work must be very interesting, eh? The Peace Corps. Oof. What? What? Uh, well, darling, I innocently popped over to take you to lunch. <laughs> Oh, is it like, oh, not again, dear? Yeah. And, yeah oh, really? Uh, You've seen this movie and this scene. I did, but you know what? This movie didn't offer closed captioning, so I was at, I lost at sea half the time. I'm talking to the bird, Gaffna. All right, yeah, oh, you, you routed me. Wait. I saw this movie. Yeah. I love it. Like, no expense spared. We'll go to your friends in flat and shoot the scene. And we'll just smash all these. Yeah, that's right. You. Oh, this is where you leave. He's like a bland Dick Clark. 
Yeah, he doesn't. I guess how else is he supposed to respond? Oh, come on. <laughs> you know what? Do you think he's Luke or Owen or Andrew uh, Wilson? Um, he's the one in church ball. Andrew. So he's an Andrew Wilson. He's got no spark. He's got I, no. I would say he's Luke. Maybe Luke uh, is just phoning it in. There it the is. That's all one. he wanted. The weakest one. Look, he's got one of them. Now, yeah. look, somehow he's got a net. Probably just right. read it in the script. Where did he get the net from? Maybe when he was coming out of the lake. Right. I don't remember him walking in with a net. Right. The um, I guess it was in his sack, but the uh, the fisherman would be the place to get him to have that net. net but they didn't do that in the script. I keep a net with me. Oh, look at that. Another obnoxious swipe. That right. was a vertical well, swipe. They're trying to be goofy. They're trying to be... Okay, here we have our ongoing joke. The, the one joke. Yeah. And they're like, Goodness, Craig, how you do keep at it. Please sit. It's not often I can speak with the ranks, so to say. <laughs> so he goes like, Tell me, do you think the army's everything we promise in the adverts? <laughs> Oh, it's cracked up to me. He goes, yes, sir, for the opportunity, sir. Like, like this one right now. And then they arrest him. <laughs> Keep it up, chap. I'm rooting for you. Oh, here they come. Damn it. I, uh, oh, yeah. Did hey. you see me in my fair lady? Hasn't happened yet, but stay tuned. <laughs> I validated my parking, guys. I think it's a little drastic. <laughs> Isn't he dressed like the valet? <laughs> oh, he yeah, right. I, okay, so, so here we are down at the Greyhound track, and our staff sergeant is once again doing a requisition for him and buying a rabbit. Strange request. Yeah, he's making up like, it's General Gosos' desire to get for his, you know... Who won a million at the Belmont Stakes? It's a present, it is. How many mechanical hairs are there in the world? Uh, well, okay, they've they've got them in stock like ten, twenty. I mean, it's a racetrack. If, if it's a spare part, right. Well, I understand they have like two of them, and next thing you know, they have four hair bunnies. And no, no, no. They have eight. No, these are and then there's like six seed. Oh, oh, no. They're not trouble with the tribbles. These, these, these aren't the fucking bunnies. These are the mechanical bunnies. There. Hey, look, it's it's nineteen year old Mike Spiegelman. Well, I wasn't I wasn't trying to steal the the Rolls Royce thing. <laughs> right. I, go, hey, I, goes, <laughs> I thought it was loose, and the guy goes, "Not on today's Rolls Royce." <laughs> The older models, perhaps, but blokes used to nick them. <laughs> Look. It's so BC, boys. That must have been shot in reverse or something. Something, yeah. I think yes. Okay, here we have a Rolls Royce, and it's I an think... older one. Just what they need. They're going to steal it. Right. Oh, it looks like, like a rock band. The, right. The, the cavemen. It's the cavemen. That's right. They're the Beatles. They are. I the don't. Trogs. I'm not a fan of their outfits. You see the hats, and they're wearing oh, pants. 
Oh, right. A true caveman would not be wearing pants. But, you know, when you're shopping in London, it's best to wear pants. What, wearing pants is so easy a caveman could do it. Now, was that funny that the moving... Uh, I don't know. We've seen this movie before when it comes to stuff like this, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I appreciate the effort, and it is the cinema, and I want to see stuff, you know? So I'm always excited when they smash into something. But I don't think it's funny funny. I mean, it's amazing. Right. It's not no, dramatic it's like action. eye candy. It's not really funny, funny at all. It's to keep you watching and engaged. A right. guy trips, he slips, he got, he gets punched. Now he's in the car, you know. Oh, the fans. Out. I love the- you, caveman Ringo. I love you, caveman George. So everyone wants a selfie, mostly with caveman George. Okay. Really? So, right. What's and that's why yeah. they got mobbed and they got away with it. Hey, hey, we're the caveman. We're missing a Rolls Royce. Oh, wow, the water's spilling out of it. It's real damage. No, but they're too busy driving. (laughs) Notice their car's breaking down. In a turnabout. They're just trying to be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. My money's on Swan's Pottle. We're the dumb generation. You're already betting. You're so addicted. You don't even know the odds. You, you're not familiar with the culture. Come on, Swab. Listen, I got my 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 uh, my son's bought medicine money right here. Apartment's money right here. <laughs> sure, right. he needs a new pair of shoes. Oh, so he snuck on. He's going to steal the hair this way. Yeah, he's going to steal the real one from the track. He's going to unfucking screw it <laughs> and pull it out. And his will have the mechanical parts dangling the like a stick. There, there he, he is. Goes. That's one of my favorite books, Bunny, where he falls in love with the electric hair. And he just chases him around, you know. Why won't you talk to me? <laughs> he kisses her and he, like it's electrocuted. He's like, wowza. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about yeah. that. Yeah. It's a metaphor of life, Carl. It's that Scottish bloke. He's got my rabbit down there. Oh yeah, look, they're all they're all there. Look, you they're, see those bowler hats? Yeah, they the mean, bowler. I have a position here. I work here for a you know what I mean? Like it's a uniform. But you know what? I'm gonna forget this joke. I did see this movie. There's a moment where Terry Thompson, uh, the police come. And then the, the guys with the bowler caps come, and he goes, oh, great. Now you yeah. bowler cap guys are here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's really the um, <laughs> My Fair Lady guy who said it. Oh, it was My Fair Lady? I just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so be... he has followed... He learns that someone robbed it, so they had to get a new one, so he followed them to the storage room. He made a wedge in the door. Now he can slip in and steal a rabbit. Right, there he is. Somebody's coming. Why, it's the Scotsman. What are you doing there? You're not going to believe this, but someone's nicked the rabbit. (laughs) Say what? Some bloke. (laughs) It was hair today. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be too careful. It's going to lock him inside. No, but you could see that movie, too. You if know, it would uh, serve their script, they would do it. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Ba-da-da-da. 
It's a mad, 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 <laughs> mad world. <laughs> we, uh, we've seen a lot of like race movies. Last week was a walking race movie. Uh, yeah, and we saw My Old Man. Yeah, My Old Man was a horse racing. And uh, Cannibal Run, I guess that's another like. Yeah, that counts yeah. certainly as a race. Are, my, are we out of examples? Oh, no, we have a bunch of more. I guess that's entertaining, too. Here's your rabbit, sir. Oh, jolly good. Oh, so he's winning. Well, he's up to par with everyone else. How is it going with those ducks? Terribly sorry, sir. That is a bit of a problem. You see, they're not manufactured anymore. Go with the right price. You can... So now he's like calling up somebody he knows, like to who like she'd make it out of clay and then heat it in the oven at the hotel. Uh, he's making a golem. No, it's it's those ducks. Oh, I gotcha. You know what a but golem is, right? This, yeah, I know what a golem is. It's a monster. A Jewish monster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I Mike, he's just a monster. I don't I don't look at I don't discriminate. No, I'll take fucking credit for this one. This was a Jewish monster. No such thing. No oh, such now thing. it's a holiday monster. Fuck you. <laughs> That'd be great reverse, right? Yeah. A holiday monster. <laughs> oh, may I be the uh, fourth person uh, this year to wish you a Merry Christmas? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm trying to Christmas song. How does it go? Christmas, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Well, I think now that, oh, look at that, that the curtain rises swipe. Uh, I, 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 so here's a knock. This is funny. It's like knock, knock, knock. Why don't that. you listen? Why don't you listen? Put on your set. Right, I'll put it on there. Okay, go. Oh, it's the mole. Listen to the way he talks to him. <laughs> this is the greatest thing about this movie is their accent. It's Jolly good show, my man. You're really at it, aren't you? Oh, they're just waiting outside. We're all pulling for you. <laughs> there always has to be one guy who just doesn't do much but, with the same thing over and over, and then at the end he gets it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. They're putting him back in the middle of the maze right now. And go. And he'll start digging again. Okay, so here's our American with a rabbit. He just chased fierce dogs. Yes, artisanal dogs. I saw the sign. Here are ducks being made out of clay for the aristocracy. This the pompous has. Well, to be oh right, so he doesn't even like. He has to make his own art homemade one. Well, that's his plan, but that won't be used in the end. Oh no, wait. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Uh, yes, he's making his own because he can't find them and he can afford it. He's paying like three grand for custom. But isn't that the joke that if those things are considered like a lower class uh, ornament that it's in every house, like a lower class house? Okay, look, the see, that, 
That's the ducks that he needed. They were able to go out. See what I mean? She's making them for nothing. It it doesn't make sense. In the oh, plot. I. Huh. It. She was his plan B. Did we really need that little detail? So she's not. She really doesn't give a duck in this movie. <laughs> she. Oh, duck her. At least that's what Winner said. Okay, yeah, right, this guy uh, was in. This guy was in Jagger's uh, performance. Remember, we saw performance. Was it? Oh, this guy in the phone. Yeah, I recognize him. I don't Maybe recognize was, the phone. He was one of the bad guys who yeah. were coming to pick up. He saw him all fucked up in the foyer. Good to see you again, bloke. He <laughs> <laughs> was good in performance. Oh, look, there's a record store. Was oh, this like a pop shop? <clears throat> no, it's the headquarters of a lot of pop stars. And what these people are doing are fake autographs and stuff like that, you know. Oh, and like there's hair and... Like, they're pretending that every rock star in the world is the fame of the Beatles, okay? So the whole world is asking for photos, you know what I mean? Uh, Dear Caveman, can you send me a lock of your hair? And it goes to, like, one central uh, processing. Right. Pull the hair from the wall. Right. So she's just looking for someone to give her a signature of Sylvia already. So... One of the things on the list is a lock of hair and a, and an autograph of Sylvia, the French pop star, uh, Sylvia Barnett. Yeah, now this is a real pop star, right? No. No. Okay. No, it's <clears throat> but the actress who played her passed away the year later. Um. I, her name was Patricia Viterbo, and I didn't look her up. I she's she, You'll see. She's very bland. She didn't do right. anything but say, I'm here. There she is. I brought my fame. I don't have a little dog with me. Well, so I, I read a bunch of user reviews just to see what the hell I was watching. And uh, someone said that she died a year later in the review. Uh-huh. The actress. I guess so. I missed her. I miss her too. It's been like, you know, almost 50 years. Yeah. She was, uh, she was bland. She was bland. I'm not going to lie. This isn't her funeral. So all part of being British is the flower. It's the uh, ornament. It's the uh, status symbol. And it's a local pop star who. uh, And and the rabbit, you know, everyone bets at the track in England. Right. Park life. All the people, so many people, all go hand in hand, hand in hand, hand life. Hand, hand. I was singing Blur Park Life. Park Life. <laughs> yeah, then you go down to the racetrack. A park life. <laughs> Come on, Carl. That was only 20 years ago, 30 years right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. Park it. Here she is being bland. I am, I've got an accent. I'm bland. I'm bland. I wish I had told you in the beginning of the film to put on the music because I heard Auntie Griselda. Oh, really? It goes like, we're a crazy song for a movie. And then it goes, I know she's having a fit. She doesn't like me a bit. And then it goes back to, I'm a movie theme. You should hear it. It's Auntie Griselda right in the middle of their song. That's so funny. Yeah. 
I wonder if they shot in black and white in the TV show too. I, 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 it's, uh, it was, by the way, it was, um, uh, instrumental only. There was no singing. So you could really sing Griselda, Auntie Griselda along to it. Right. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check it out next time I watch this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, so, uh, showgirls. Now we're on a TV set, and <clears throat> for some reason, the scavenger hunt focus of the movie is now turned to uh, getting the autograph and lock of hair. Wow. Just happened. They're all doing this sequentially, so they all approach at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not supposed to. They don't have to. No, they just have two days to find all these things. Right. What I mean is, like, they could have... You know, one would be getting a Rolls Royce thing as another one is trying to get an autograph. Like they pair up two or three of them at a time to compete. Right. I could see them all approaching the same live broadcast to meet up with the pop star. Right, right. Yeah. No, you don't understand, my good man. I have an appointment during her. Huh. He's calling her him a foreigner. Like, for instance, I mean, he's Scottish, and it's really insulting to go, what is that crazy accent you have? You're a foreigner. It's an... Okay, never mind. <laughs> They're all doing the same thing here. Oh, right. This is my excuse that I can go into the TV filming. At least the American brought flowers. That's a uh, classy... Uh... <laughs> and she was like... Oh, she can't be near those. Like, very allergic, you know. Getting all pollinated. Oh, I didn't know. I, I guess I didn't miss that detail. Oh, a Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris. Streets of San Francisco, Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris. I knew a Lynn Harris. You, she did she do a show in 1965? No. <laughs> Best of the Caveman? Caveman nope. Mania? No, no, no. Cavemania. He was not alive. Oh, the caveman. Oh, no, it's a different pop star. Yeah, that's right. The Look, we're get... both hugging. Just keep hugging each other. Ooh, there's a hey, public say, aren't you that uh, conceited, easy, and gullible star? Yeah, let me sign an autograph. So these are cameos, right? This guy, I, I would be like, holy shit. Okay, the answer is yes. If you know English TV, you'd know this guy. That's why, like, my research comes up short. Like, yeah. he was on Doink Point Hour. Right, yeah, on, no, I hear you. Meet the Skittles for three seasons. He played Wackadoo. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so look, he lures him into the closet. It's kind of convenient. You know, we're, we've seen this movie. Disrespects his autograph. Right. Well, he's not the pop star. So he comes in and he goes, where's pop star? And he goes, I'm his understudy. What? He was, you know, he had he got sick at the bar and he asked me to come over and do the dancing. Wow. The hullabaloo would never do that. They would just cancel the live broadcast. Now, the thing is, I'm not sure. I think the joke is he doesn't really know how to dance, so he just makes it up. I think that's the joke. Right. So he's just supposed to do the new dance, or he's going to sing? 
he's going to dance. What's this? I'll not have me me talent dancing <laughs> with some ruffian off the street. Oh, give him a chance. No, wait, she's a French person. Do give him a chance. I can't do it. Bonjour, monsieur. I yeah. think he deserves a chance, no? It's a little weird. The opportunity. <clears throat> he looks uh, like a train conductor to me. I know, right? Well, maybe he's a Maytag repairman when the TV comes out. Right. This is closed circuit TV. That explains why it's so clean. Uh, well, another uh, movie. We're in a movie movie where it's a really clean image that just pops right up. Movie. Okay. <laughs> is the joke that he's just making it up? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. It's not hilarious. Well, is he going to go up and like pull her hair at the end? <laughs> you no. don't think this is funny? It's physical. Uh, yeah, it's not not funny. Yeah. So just... his competitors, of course, recognize that it's him. And they're like, fuck this. So watch what Scotsman does. Get him for Scotland! <laughs> he's like, ha <laughs> Nice. So much for that studio. It was a cheap production. They must have just shot in their own production studio. Or borrowed it. I guess, yes. This guy is funny. Yes. I think so. He has to keep going. That's the joke. It's all framed as a normal show. Like, they can't even tell. It's improv uh, chor choreography. Chor choreographed. Yeah, it's improbiographed. It's improbiographed. That was that was the famous ginger sings, singing in the rain movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was probably like pre recent. Well, no, it was in the. So now, in a very genuine way that is respectful to everyone's rights, it's concerned. Right, go he on. He gets sweet on the girl. Oh, on the pop star. Yeah. So an hour into this movie, two thirds of this film, now the he thing finds is he, another girl. He's got his nice girlfriend. So what's going on here? But yes, he and he's look. It's genuine. It's heartfelt. He's not trying to bang her. Okay. <laughs> he's just macking on her after a live production. No, like, macking means uh, that okay. you want to get some. Well, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the Scotsman. He was always uh -oh. backing. He's but, always backing. Yeah, he he was McDonald, by the girlfriend, yeah, McDougal, always macking. Oh, his name is he's always macking. Uh, Sydney McGregor, Sergeant Major Sydney McGregor. Look at they lift him up in the armpits. Wow, this this was really breaking the fourth wall in this first two walls first in this movie. Wait, was that a joke because the wall broke? Yeah, I was going to say, most movies break the fourth wall, not this one. They broke the first and the second wall. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. More wacky cuts. Okay. Hi, I'm your girlfriend. I'm just yeah. here waiting. Well, let me explain myself. I had to get the autograph. Did you get the autograph? No, but I got her address. Right. I'm banging her. Hopefully. Now, he's going in here 
to get the last item, you know, to get a letter in which he'll learn what the sixth item is. Now, you know, at this point of the movie, when I watch this, I just get this over with. You know, there's always like when there's a uh, scavenger hunt type movie or there's like, you must get the six items. It gets tedious. Even Scott Pilgrim versus the world, you know, it's like, you must defeat seven nexes. Like, oh. I was relieved when two of them were in one fight. I was like, sweet. This <laughs> and that, yeah, check off too. Well, what this is meant to be is set up our third act. Like, you don't know what the sixth one is. And they seem to have gotten all the others. You see? So it sets up. Okay, this is a men on, men's only club. And it's as old as the hills. So they're freaking out. That yeah. woman must exit this fire! It's men's only. Yeah. You could tell from their, mem- uh, and it's also members only. You can tell from their jackets. Yeah, yeah. Wait, something would work with men's only, just for men. Jow. Wait, yeah, right. Uh, for for him, no, wait. Stag. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Okay, so there's an insurance company um, called Lloyd's of London, and sure. they go back to the like 1400s or some crap. I don't know. Yeah. But um, there was this British warship named the Lutane that was wrecked, and they had they insure all shipping. So they really had to pay through the nose. So they got this bell from the wreckage, and they hung it in their offices. It's called the Lutine Bell. And it's it used to be rung whenever, like, there was a ship that was missing, and then they found it. It wasn't down. They would ring the bell, you know. So that's what's on the, there it is right there. That's what's on the list. They have to steal the Lloyds of London bell, the Lutheine bell. Wow. Wait, so there's just one bell, right? Yeah. There's not four sets of bells. Uh, Well, okay, since you're pushing me, in truth, there is one. And there's also this replica, and and that will get used as well. Okay. So uh, I have a question regarding Lloyd's of London. Did Lloyd have a last name? Lloyd? No. If you lived in London, the population wasn't so big back then. If you lived in London, you knew Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Well, I always mixed him up with Lloyd from Liverpool. (laughs) Of Liverpool. When London was population 75, you knew Lloyd from London. Oh, look, where did he get the phone from? He's just walking around with it? No, it's like, uh, that's like insurance office broker phone kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I see. It's on the wall. Aristocracy's calling him up, (laughs) basically extorting him, saying like, oh, great to see you, Jeff. Remember those two girls we banged behind certain people's backs last summer? Yeah, right. Bring me the Lloyds of London. Um... Bring me the Lucetine Bell. All right. Oh, so this guy has to do it for him. And he's extorting him. Right. Now, it's so aristocracy for him to just be, like, in his air control tower going, straight on, then, right away, chop, chop. So, yeah, so he looks up at the bell. I mean, he's really in a pickle. What's he going to do? Steal? No. 
Of course not. Oh, look, there's uh, people not from London visiting. Well, it's London 1965. It's so popular that they have tours. The thing is, dumb as that sounds, that is really true in real life. Wait, what's going on? We're doing a Union Jack uh, swipe? Yeah, because we're going to the Army headquarters. Drinking their tea. Now, in this scene, basically, it's just like... It's like rat race. They're, they're recapping. No, he finds out that they, he asked for the Lusitine Bell as part of this army operation. If that's true, it's it's grand theft larceny, you know? So the general's like, let's make no mistake. This is your project, your plan, your everything. If somebody's going down, it's you. I won't stake my neck out on... God, give him a listen for a second because of these actors. Okay. But I say, sir. Oh, yeah, no, Terry Thompson is the best. Here we go. Oh, they caught him again. Oh, delightful. He, he's like, he has a really distinct voice, so even though it's very soft, so yeah. hopefully it picked up. Wow, we're almost getting there. So our Paul Moore, Mole Man never, never got anything yet. Who? Uh, the Mole, Mole Man? Man. No. Yeah, Mole Man. No, that's his whole shtick throughout. Oh, look, the bell swipe. Yeah, bell swipe. Isn't that creative? Okay, he's that's going to the replica. replica. Well, he's that's no clever. Yeah. yeah, he's not going to. No one's on the floor here. Now, the Mole was in Faulty Towers for one episode, but he was in one of the he was in some of the Carry On movies. Yeah, which we are fans of the Carry On movie. Uh, we watched the we watched the last one, right? Carry On Columbus, which was a uh, after twenty years they revived it in honor of the uh, centennial, I guess the quad the five tennial of uh, Columbus's <laughs> discovery of America. Now that was a really good film, I felt, you know, and one of the best parts of. I mean, it's stupid. You can't take it for real. But if you right. just forget all that and say, okay, just do stupid things for me, then there's that scene where they broke, he broke character, right? He, they were going to hang him. Uh-huh. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, okay, I was going to share my treasure with all of you, but go ahead, hang me. I understand. That's all right. We would have just frittered away the money wastefully anyway. Go ahead and hang me. <laughs> do you remember that one? I do. I remember that, and I remember Rick, uh, two guys from the Young Ones in the beginning of the movie, Rick Merrill, and then uh, I, it was Ke uh, Neil, so, right? So then they would go on to say, "Of course, we're not going to kill you, Captain, if you want to really share the treasure with us." But then at the end, remember the he reversed it. He you don't remember that scene. I'm going to have to play it for you. Yeah, well, you I'm going to have to watch it again. But I did so watch a bunch of characters. Car Carry On was like, it started, in, I guess, around the, the 60s or whatever, 50s, black and white. Uh, it became a comedy series like Carry On Teacher, Carry On Nurse. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just got kind of sillier and broader and just, you know, it's a great movie series. It's the police academy, I guess, of the, of the British film industry. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. made a lot more of them. I saw Carry On Cleo. It was Cleopatra and uh, Julius Caesar is on his throne. He stands up and his little, uh, he goes, oh, I've been sitting on my laurels. Oh, should I get that joke? Well, because he had like the tiara that they would wear. Right. It's a, it's called a laurel. Oh, that you put in your hair. 
your yeah right yeah, yeah. sitting on his laurels yeah <laughs> okay so they both have showed up to steal the bell at the exact same time so now they're having a back and forth kind of you know pissing contest right so he goes okay we'll work together you know you've got the rope uh you know i've got whatever he goes and then once we have the bell together we'll flip a coin and whoever wins the toss can have the bell that's ridiculous wow that's uh, that sounds nice and square up you pal i thought you'd like it let's get started on it straight away this will take the alarm out. You American chaps know everything. Oh, is he wearing his kilt and he's going upstairs? Yeah. Finally get to look up his kilt. Yeah. Uh, almost. So the slapstick of this movie are people falling. Right. Like saw... He cuts the rope just as you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and those are pretty, pretty good uh, stunts. Why did he cut the rope? He's not going to get the... Because they're enemies. Yeah, but he's not going to get the bell by himself. Yeah, I know. That's perplexed me when I've watched it. Uh... Once. Well, no, I watched it like two or three times. But I mean, uh... like every now and again, you're watching it absentmindedly, like you're reading your phone or something and you miss right. it. I don't know. So now we have the same exact situation. They're having a little pissing contest, and it's going to be like, okay, we'll work together. The same old thing. Right now he's accusing him of stealing government property. Or something. It's, not, it's not funny stuff. Let me see if I can tell you anything about this. There no, was I, one dark thing. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah, please tell me, because we're in the third act, and I, I want to get, you okay. know. You want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home already. Yeah. It's the dang movie. No, no, I, I like this movie. What was the dark thing? Okay. Um, okay, well, I'll just start reading. Uh, media. We already talked about this. Publishing a restaurant review for the Sunday Times. Founder of the Police Memorial Trust. Uh, it received good reviews. Not popular at the box office. <clears throat> But I had this juicy story. Where are you? Here it is. All right. Bust it out. Oscar-winning actor, I guess it's actress, Helen Mirren lambasted director Michael Winner in a TV interview for allegedly treating her like a piece of meat during a casting session for this film in 64. Recalling the encounter, she said she was ordered her to turn around and flaunt her body for him. I wow. was mortified and incredibly angry. I thought she was insulting and sexist. And I don't think any actress should be treated like that. Like you know, I, I, I want to pause you for a quick second because Helen Mirren went uh, viral like maybe a couple of weeks ago where they found an old interview where the, the reviewer was like just being a little sexist and she was just putting him in his place. Wow. So, yeah. So she she was, you know, she had to put up with a lot, but she never did. She won an act an Oscar. Um okay, so you know what this asshole winner said, right? What winner defends his action saying, 
I did indeed ask her to stand up. I don't remember asking her to turn around, but if I did, I was being serious. I can see it now. She's wearing a peasant blouse. And it's oh, my God. In photographs with enormous bosoms, which was sagging a bit, even though she was young. Helen Mirren, that's what he was saying about? Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the worst that could happen. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, I guess I remember it. She, she was wearing a peasant dress, and yes. she did show her <laughs> ass. <laughs> I just wanted to see her ass, but she was assisted showing her sagging boobs. I don't oh, know. I, he's casting for a movie, right? Does he have to have a sexy person? Kind of does. Have, you don't have to like have them parade like that. That's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Show off your goods. No, they're going to be on. Well, there would have been a film test, right? I don't know. Right, there would have been a film test, and they would have, you know, see if she was ideal for the character. Yeah, I mean, she's she's right, and she does call out that shit all the time. Uh, but, and also, she's you know, besides being you know, she's she's gorgeous. Uh huh. Hel Helen Mirren. I don't know her. I'm gonna have to Google her. Yeah, Google her. Google Helen Mirren, Caligula, 1980. Caligula. Yeah, she's topless in that. It's a notorious scene. Sir Helen Mirren. Wasn't she in James Bond? Was it did she play M? How have um, you never heard of Helen Mirren? You know her as old Helen Mirren. Okay. Uh, oh Bond. You must remember the, the last Bond we talked about Casino Royale? Right, right. Yeah. Now I know that the bad guy is your brother and your father was a villain and you have a house called Skyfall, but will you please keep things in order, Bond? <laughs> oh, I know her as an uh, actress of today. As M, she was like Pierce Bronson. I think she was M, like she was a holdover from mm -hmm. uh, the previous Bond. Yep, she played the queen. She was yeah. in Red. But I'm telling you, she oh Red, right? Well, yeah, her and Bruce Willis. That was kind of the joke. Like they would have a Helen Mirren and Bruce Willis movie. But uh, she, uh, but she, you know, it's decades of career, and she did have like theatrical. She, she was big, you know, in in England, and yeah. Uh, now watch, I, you got to see this because it starts a chain of events. But look, it's so dumb. He goes, oh, I'm tired. Whoops. Oh, I got to wipe my really uh, badly written. I gotta wipe my brow. Yeah, really badly written. You've seen this movie before. Here we'll have the choreographed. Yeah, they choreographed. Like, it's still moving. Whoa. Oh, I had to drop it when I touched my feet. When I touched my feet. Yeah, that guy threw right in there. Get this out of here, mister. Actually, this is what I love about it. Like, not only does it cause chaos, the the foreman's like, "I'm gonna keep pushing it." <laughs> what, what's the worst that could happen? Well, it did cause chaos when it rolled in. Yeah. Uh oh! Someone in that dumpster just got a up kilt. Up kilt. No up kilt. Yeah. Oh no! The bell has rolled out. Bell's and hells. Rolls into the tame. Now you can't unring that. Oh, is uh -oh. that the is that the thams? That's a Thames River. Fat rock. It is. Uh oh. It's famous. It's very famous. The Thames River. Look, everyone's shaking their fists at him. Act. Yeah, that's right. And roll them. Hey, and roll them. <laughs> what a big idea. Hey. Hey, we're just your local fishmongers. We can't oh, take this. Grumble. Grumble. 
And cut. I'm not even and see. joke. It's not it's so not funny. <clears throat> so there we go. This Michael Winner did the mechanic in seventy two. Now this I know is the a great yeah, that's a great no no the mechanic was a Charles Bronson movie and it was later made it to like two films with Jason Statham. He's he's a like a hitman who's so good he's like the mechanic. I think it was Walter Matthau actually in that one. Uh-huh. But it's good. It's it's a solid movie. He's like he also made uh Juan Tantan or Ron Tantan, the dog that's yeah, in Hollywood. Dog is, right, 76. Which I look every six weeks, I'll look on YouTube to see if it finally posted because it is like a good shitty film. But yeah, he was like making these like shitty Charles Bronson films for Canon when I got when I saw his films. Mm-hmm. Uh he did revisionist westerns, Chateau's Land and Lawmen. He did the Centennial in seventy seven, which was like a scary You know, you, you mentioned revisionist <laughs> westerns. The the lead of this movie was in Kapaloo. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh yeah, which came out the same year. Right. And Columbia really thought he was going to be the shit, Joe. Um, the role. Did you Wait, what, happened? what happened to the upper crust? Like, did he get news that he lost? No. What? No. What are you talking about? Well, uh, Delmolt collapsed. And I was wondering why. Oh, why? No, he just ate a bad um, prawn or some crap. Bad. Wow. I don't know how he even survived in the army. <laughs> he had people do it for him. Hey, it's Jerry Lewis and the evasive bellboy. Thought I'd crawl up the window. So, yeah, he um, just got into a pop star's window. And she's like, you're popping up everywhere. And I don't know. Did you just ruin my television appearance? <laughs> she doesn't uh no he actually he didn't ruin it right he danced like a monkey yeah i guess everybody liked it i think that was a funny scene carl i mean i, I like this guy whoa pac-man swipe yeah so he's uh, the moles underground going like oh it's a cave-in and he's like freaking out you know he's being paranoid yeah it's like in caddyshack where they would cut to the gopher now you see all the bowler caps. Right. Because they're, the director's saying, you know, we're at Lords of London and they're, you know, somebody fucking stole our bell. What are we going to do about this? You're going to find it? Okay, we'll find it. All, all right. right. Well, I'm hope you know, how much was it insured for? It wasn't insured. We're the leading insurance in the world and we didn't insure our most valued treasure. That's the joke, Carl. Oh. Hello, home invader. How about some breakfast? It's a traditional English breakfast. You've seen this movie? No, I have seen this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to... I don't know. I thought it would be different. You must be... You know what? Another thing about YouTube, I looked typed in, you must be joking. Yeah, and there it there was a South African candid camera prank show that <laughs> called, the theatrically released movie in 1987 called "You Must Be Joking," and it's this guy is 
these two radio personalities from South Africa are uh, hosting these like pranks. And it winds up like the, there was like a former boxer who was in it. And they proceeded to keep making these prank movies for the next several decades. Uh, Interesting. You know, reflecting South uh, Africa and all stuff that, you know, I would, I would read it and I, I saw it and I was like, I looked up, I said, I want to see a user review. And, uh, oh, look, they found a bell. Well, the team has tides, and the French girl knew that and said, you know, I have great news for you. Your bell can be recovered. Really? Wait, who's the French girl? The pop star? Yeah. Oh, and so... The girlfriend sort of jilted in a way. Yeah, she's not needed anymore. He found I mean, someone he's, else. He was, you know, he he didn't sleep at home last night. Really? What a creep. Oh, car phone, car phone, car, car phone. phone. I know. Car phone. That's the only way you could talk in your, on the phone in a car back in 1965. Was on a car phone. Yeah, a backseat car phone. The only way you could talk on a car phone in 69 was with was on a car phone. Car phone. <laughs> oh, no, so he's going underwater. He thinks it's, but he doesn't actually go in the water. He's just too late. It's too little too late. Look, he's too clean to be in that dirty pit. Oh, I, I would suffocate, or I would just quit at that point. Remember your trip through the... Okay, see her terrible driving, that'll be a... Oh, right. That's, I was wondering what was going on. <clears throat> so now... Okay. Elliot Dellum has been picked up by an ambulance because he was sick. And now, basically, he's using them as a taxi. Okay. Oh, to, to get over. So we're finally wrapping up to the end of yeah. 48 hours. Now, what's happening here is the staff sergeant is lying that he was requisitioning all those things for the general. <clears throat> right? But the truth is, like, he he was he thought he was saying about the things in the scavenger hunt, but he's been requisitioning for years uh, with illegal, you know, like cans of uh, jelly beans and like he's been getting supplies and selling them on the on the army's dime. So he's blaming it on the governor. I mean, on the um, general. Right. Oh, so the general's going to be in hot water. And right. what's in the bag? So he he doesn't have his own bell, right? The first time I thought that was a bell in there. Right, he doesn't have his own bell. There's only two bells. Now look, this is Pink Panther guy. Yeah, We've that's seen, right. Yeah. We've seen him in other films, and I'm not telling you about Casino Royale. I'm not an asshole. He was in Casino Royale. He was in Superman 3. But, I mean, he was in The Return of the Pink Panther, Pink Panther Strikes Again, Revenge of the Pink Panther, right. Bull of the Pink Panther, Son of the Pink Panther. Curse Wait. Of the Pink Wait, he was the son of the Pink Panther with yeah. Bellini. You Professor. know, HBO Max just—they just pulled all of them. They had all of the, the Pink Panthers, and I tried. His name's Graham Stark, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 He's a—he's like a Charlie Sheen in Terminal Velocity. He's like—he has a skydiving uh, company, and he drinks. Yeah, they were uh, army buddies together when they were in the Suez Canal. And that was that Israel, um, <clears throat> uh, well, I forget. But anyway, so they're old army buddies, and that's how, or military buddies, and that's why he's going to 
take him up in the plane so he can parachute in for the final contest. They're all right now heading with their scavenger hunt stuff to the check. <laughs> Look, he's got the, uh, that's the old school. Like here, here's your parachute. You need to fold it up maybe. Right, right. All right, there it is. We're almost finished, Carl. I could see the. I could right. see this movie almost Thank finished. Thank goodness. Well, that's been our show. It says Finn on the screen. Right. They well, actually, that's the border of Finland. <laughs> it's almost over. It's Finn-ish. Yeah, it's close. It's a Finn-ish. It's getting there. Getting there. It's almost a Finn. Are we done, Dad? Well, it's it's a Finn-ish. <laughs> Hang out for a second. Are we there, Fred's dad? Well, it's a uh, finish. Okay, now this isn't really believable, but all of a sudden, like, she loves him, okay? So she's, like, telling the guy from performance, I'm taking a two-week holiday. And oh, no. She's, she's going an holiday, yeah. Wow, wait a minute. Hang on a second. What's up with this movie? He's kissing the wrong girl. Right, that's there's right. The group. Yeah, but there we don't have any moral. He doesn't get any. He gets mean looks. <clears throat> oh, that's the worst he gets. Yeah, no, he, it, it, the movie ends great for him. <laughs> well, this guy's about to jump. So, he's like, "Do you make a good living? You only make money if you know in insurance if you die." And he goes, "Die, forget it. I'm not going." And then he goes, "Sergeant, I, you know, you did so much for me. I'm, this is the best I could do for you." He pushes him out of the plane. That's it. I'm done. This is the least I can do for you. <laughs> Now, look, his chute deploys, but meanwhile, he's going, pull the chute, pull the chute. They made a mistake in the editing, or they had to stick with bad, you know. Oh, look, they finally get the Alex killed. Yeah, and he goes, that's quite refreshing, actually. Oh, it must be. Can you imagine? That's oh, terrific. You know, it, if there was a shower on the plane, you can shower and then jump off and naturally dry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, drip dry. You could just so drip dry, air dry. He he. Um, they are impressed with him parachuting in. Now they're going to be impressed with the air aristocrat coming in on the ambulance. Oh, there's surprised by everything. The yeah, and then others arriving under arrest of the police. Right for for buying all that shit. Yeah. Da 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 da. Da, da, da. Singing, it's a mad, mad, mad. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Intermission. It's a long movie. I wrote the mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. Here's a Christmas carol. Here's a mad, mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. No, world. you know, no, that's how the lyrics go, but there's four mads in the song. So sometimes I forget and I do like eight of them. Oh, he made it to the finish line. Yeah. Oh, man. Somebody dropped. Oh, he tripped him. So somebody drops uh, their loot, and, and Mole Man gets it. Oh, so Mole Man's going to win. He's got the loot. Easy peasy. Okay, Unless... yes. 
The movie ends in a very, very dissatisfying way, okay? Don't get ready for the American ending. Right now, what would happen is they... Oh, the American... Yeah. They would race to the finish right. in front of them. And then when the bad guy was going to win, we would get a tw another contest that would result in the good guy winning and we have a winner. That's not what's going to happen. Oh, it's funny that the mole man gets all the items instead of going across to the finish line and goes straight up to Terry Thomas. I did it. <laughs> yep, that's right. But he doesn't win, does he? No. No, this is of all as an American, I, I'm glad that the American wins. I could totally relate to that. Well, the American won, but then he resigns. So it's 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 uh What? They all went into his dug hole, his It must have hurt as an actor to fall through that hole. Yes. Yeah. Fucking winter doesn't give a shit. Uh, don't forget my I'm a bad driver, remember? Oh, she's gonna save her boyfriend. Yep. Now she sees him with the pop star. Now he knows she's on the list. So she's like, here, you better take these. You know, he, he hasn't called her in days. Right. He's an asshole. Yeah. Uh-oh, things are falling apart. Here's your bullshit, sir. Even the <laughs> bell. And it's the real bell, not some fucking replica. Congratulate. Oh, what's this? What's That's that? Resignation papers. What? You can't resonate your paper. You're fired. Paper. <laughs> I, I'm switching girlfriends and I'm going on holiday. That's what they call it here. Right. Uh, on holiday. To someplace and then Nice, right? Oh, I heard it's really Nice over there. Yeah. Well, my I have some family over there. My, my niece lives in Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay so now they're arresting him for years of get you know getting using the army's money to right you know, buy goods i always told him it will could chop to him but don't do it i says to him so he's getting himself a... off the hook and blaming the general <clears throat> what about the bowler caps? I thought they were all Floyds. I guess there are other people. They were um, the boiler boiler bowler caps. Were he was the Secretary of uh, the State or the Interior, something like that. He was from right. the government. So nobody really wins. That's right. Now the general's going to ship the bell back, but he's arrested for stealing the bell. Did you say what, sir? Oh no! Oh, so this whole thing implodes. I think that's a, how Rat what? Race ended too. They they busted John. There's Cleese. no winner, and nobody gets a satisfied. The guy who gets a satisfied ending is the jerk. Right. Oh, there he is with his girlfriend. Okay, look at him. We should play the volume on this. Yeah, I have a feeling what's going on. Look, I can't believe it. He just waved goodbye to her. Yeah. And now we have the most unsatisfying ending of all. <laughs> they're just, they're all alone, the two delusional idiots. Oh, that's funny. 
And then, like, it, the director should have ended it right here. But no, the uh, the mole man has a little existential compart, criticizes the army or the military. So then he, like, makes him snap to and march. I don't know. It's dumb. Well, you know, he should have that, that outburst. This is a comedy movie. Uh, we got all these unsatisfied. This is totally unexpected. It doesn't wrap up a theme of the film at all. Right. What was the fucking theme of the film? Like, they didn't have one. Like, if you work together, you succeed. Something like that. They didn't do that. I think the theme was scavenger help uh, hunts. Uh, help us remember Tammy and uh, excited for her wedding. And it was a good way to celebrate our bachelorette party. <laughs> oh, there he is, marching off. I This looks... Oh, there it is. The Finn. Yeah. El Finn. For Finn. Shot on location in England by American Films of London, England. Oh, How ladies and gentlemen. And there's the American Broad uh, Columbia Pictures. Well, Carl, that has been... You must be joking. From 1965. What'd you think of the movie? At times, I enjoyed it. At times, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty dull. I mean, like, the, yeah. I, I had a lot of power to it, a lot of horsepower, a lot of good performances, but it really did feel like uh, nothing was happening, and uh, there was no, I don't know, like, at least rat race, they had to go from A to B. You know, it, it's a race. Yeah, this wasn't done in, I don't know, uh, the order of it was chaotic and scattered like okay never mind the pursuit of that thing we're moving on to this thing right we're yeah yeah at the same time we're all at the track at the same time we're all in with the starlets a thing at the same time i, I don't know wow. i think that um if you listen to it with the sound you're much more entertained because you hear all these accents and the things they say to each other it is kind of funny a lot of the times and uh just to be around those uh that culture is pretty you know everyone's it's all about class and right you know there's innuendo all over the place but they'll never say it you know yeah oh well yeah and uh but it was uh, i agree so it was fun i mean it's fun to see those actors and i'm sure uh i'll enjoy seeing them in other locations some of them i recognize some of them i didn't terry thomas of course was kind of fun in this but it just kind of, it was a little bit short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week we are going to uh, go back to uh, more common ground here in the United States and watch an American movie about real men. It's called Real Men from 1987. It stars uh, the late John Ritter and the currently alive James Belushi uh, back from 1987. I have a trailer from The Action Master. I don't know if my sound is going to be worth it for the show, but I was going to play it. So if you guys go type in Real Men 1987 and you see the Action Masters posting of a Real Men trailer, I was going to play it in a couple of seconds. Okay. All right. The Action Master. Yeah. Three, okay. two, one, go. Stands on the brink of disaster, and only one man can save it. Sergeant Perinello, Big Perinello, CIA. Who is he? Police. 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 Police
insurance salesman, desperately needed for a top secret mission, and totally unwilling to have anything to do with it. <laughs> this is going to be horrible, but we do find ourselves laughing. I know. Well, it's it's uh, John Ritter and uh, James Pelusi from the eighties. Well, that was a little too close. Oh, look at those clowns! <laughs> you guys can't act. Look at these clowns! Who brought these clowns on the set? This is a joke. Oh, S and M dungeon. Right, this uh, trailer has the uh, box of the video cassette because it would never was theatrically released. That is from 1987. Next week's movie will be Real Men with the real men, John Ritter and James Belushi. Carl, thank you so much for uh, uh, hosting and 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 uh, researching and, and just kicking ass on this movie. Uh, may I never see it again, but I definitely enjoyed talking it, uh, about it. And audience, we want, hope you enjoyed the show too. Uh, just spread the word. Just you know, we'd love for you just to sign up for our podcast, L W A F L M O Y T. Uh, we'd love for you to just get involved and, and check out mutiny radio they even have live comedy shows if you're in the bay area if you're in the mission district go walk over there uh we love mutiny radio and we do love you guys and we'll see you next week I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right, I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. 5 p.m. Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye.
Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I got to call back. That's why it's oh, jokes to Carl. Movie. Not duh like oh, duh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's duh like French. So it's jokes to Carl. Follow me now. With Mike this movie very excited about this one yeah well we are uh, okay well our premise of the podcast is we watch a full length movie on youtube with you we'll tell you the movie you find the movie you, you hit mute and you listen to us and watch the movie in real time at the same time here and we stream first on mutinyradio.fm every sunday 2 p.m pacific standard time we're hanging out we're a bunch of loiterers if you have, watch us we're also a podcast Podcast has an acronym. It's L W A F L M O Y T. That's the reason why we bring it up. Type that in to your favorite podcast app. There we are. Go ahead and subscribe and search. And we also have a video element on YouTube. But remember, it's L W A F L M O Y T. Three ways to watch. You can listen to us stream first on Mutiny Radio every Sunday, 2 p.m. And don't forget to hit the donate button when you're there. You can subscribe to our podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, or you can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. <laughs> I, YouTube is such a weird concept to me. We're podcast people, uh, and we are right now present. So usually Carl is our producer. He wrote the theme song you just heard. He has produced the show. He synced up the movie, everything. He's done everything. He researched this movie, but today we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. I watched the movie, and I did research on it. I got a break. Loving it. So my question to you is, uh, and no one will get the joke till after, which 
movie are we watching? Which? Which movie? Oh, that is good. Carl, we are watching Haxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages, a 1922 silent movie from Denmark, from Switzerland, from over there. Uh, it is spelled... A documentary, H a documentary, right? Oh, yes. This is a documentary about witchcraft. Haxon is spelled H-A-X-A-N. And there's an umlaut thrown in there for good measure. But you don't have to type the umlaut into the search engine on YouTube. <laughs> but go ahead and type in Haxton, H-A-X-A-N, 1922. There's going to be plenty of copies. This movie's over yeah. 100 years old. Yeah. And it's out there. It's a huge cult film. We like Mammoth. So if you can find Mammoth. Uh, so the guy, the channel that's hosting the movie is uh, Thamut. That's T-H-A-M-M-U-T. Two M's. M -M Wait, just yeah. one M or two M's? No, there's two M's. Listen, two there's M's? Two, God damn it! Two M's. <laughs> and also there's two T's. One at the beginning and one at the end. I don't want to confuse you. Okay. Sandwich. Right. Okay, so go ahead. Find that link. Hit it. Hit pause. Damn it all Move the timer to zero, zero, zero. I am the old switcheroo. So we're going to have a celebrity comedian do a celebrity comedian countdown. When that celebrity Wait, comedian uh, says go, no, says I, go, that's no, when you hit play. Switcheroo, whose comedian countdown is it going to be? Mike, take it away. <laughs> Welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with Mike Spiegelman and Celebrity Comedian Mammal. Hey, good morning, Mike. Mammal, great you to doing, have man? you here. Uh, Mammal is one of the funniest comedians I know. Honestly, Mammal, I really enjoy your performance. You, you oh, have, you, there's two types of comics I always see. One that knows how setups, punchline, and being on stage works. And another that has this, you know, grounded message and persona that, that you know, your eye can't stop but watch the show. So you do both. You actually come with jokes. So, uh yeah, but from what I understand, you've been doing this like me a long time, and that you actually came from the New York City scene. Yeah, I you? really. Yes, I started comedy in New York. I went to comedy school, uh, ABC Comedy. It was led by a man, uh, Stephen. I forgot his last name. On Thirty Sixth and Eighth Avenue, I believe. Ten floor, okay. small room, a rented suite. 12 people, and that's where I learned and went to comedy once a week. And the graduation or the final class was to perform at Gotham, at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. And so that was my intro to comedy. I had gone to Acme here in Los Angeles, maybe yeah. in 2007, uh, but did not complete the courses. So that was really my first take of it all. That, that's great. Uh, uh, so, and how long have you been in uh, Los Angeles performing here? I've been in Los Angeles three years this go around, and I've been performing consistently with discipline for about thirteen months. That's great. Was the 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 pandemic prevent you from from like? Uh, it took me a while to get back into the scene because of the pandemic. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think the pandemic really developed Mammal. That's really kind of where Mammal was born, was in the pandemic, being inside and just looking out of a window, if you will, visibly, right? Or, or right. visually. 
uh, and I was living in West Hollywood at the time, but I wouldn't go out or I wouldn't partake or do anything, but I was like just looking out of a window. And that's when I realized that I needed to shift communities, that I was really pansexual, bisexual, if you will. But I began to really study myself as opposed to going outside, I went inside, uh, inside of me, and really kind of shaped my persona and really wanted to tell a longer, broader story and really focus on comedy. And the Hollywood comedy at that time was walking distance to where I was living. So it was about Hollywood an eight comedy. minute, or excuse me, about a 12 minute walk to the Hollywood comedy. I think that's uh, where, that's where I originally met you, correct? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. And you were BMOC yeah. when I was there. Everyone was like, hey, mammal, mammal. Give me more detail when you say like you're not part of a community. What are you? What are you saying? Yeah, well, I think a label is so difficult. If a label is a label, I think that we they want everyone to go into this group, and in that group, there's still segregation, right? The world we see segregation as in color, but when you go into these different communities, it's still segregated. Like there's still the black gay people. Like it's still broken down into category. So it's rather exhausting. And as I've gotten older and more seasoned with life as the days have allowed me to breathe in it, I just find myself just being an individual that likes men and women, if you will, uh, attracted to, I think that everyone is beautiful, uh, but I think I'm gonna take it back to the vagina, the original air fryer, as I said, um, in my sense. For me, I think that if, if, we're, if we're really talking about unconditional love, you should be able to pivot a body is a body right but you're really falling in love with an individual so to me sure people are gay and they have a preference but when you talk about unconditional love or you talk about even growth within yourself you begin to see things differently and you and you grow out of things and so i feel as though for me i i was living in a state of trauma that i didn't know i grew up in when i was younger and i think that this time in COVID just allowed me to really be still and understand the definition of trauma, to understand the definition of CPTSD and have a deeper understanding around sexuality and what yeah. it brought me to, which I'd messed with girls or had girlfriends when I was, you know, a teenager and in sixth grade, if you will, uh, at a very young age. And then so something, you know, pivoted and I just became gay. I was, you know, and it was just like, okay, and so here I am with a better understanding of who I am today. And I would probably more say that I would be bisexual, if anything. You know, I, gotcha. I've not gone to or frequented a gay bar in two and a half years, if you will. You know, I just, I don't find it enjoyable any longer. I feel like, you know, men have, in their will of being gay, the programming nowadays is so strong and so so uh villain ish if you will you know there's there's so many higher ups and better thans and you know you've got to have this or you got to have that or you know it's a lot of pressure being in those spaces you know yeah. to then just walk in and be yourself you know like in this town that we live in you and i you know botox is a big thing acrylic nails is a big thing is, is it you being yourself is it expression but it's so much of an expression that you can't speak to one another walking down the street so it's very interesting, you know what I'm saying to you? Yeah, you know, you absolutely. See, you, see, you, you see these people, and these people are like, oh, you don't recognize me. But they also walk down the street almost, if it's not with an arrogance, it's almost with a shame. So no one is looking you directly in the eye, whether you be trans, gay, uh, we'll just say, um, 
you know, uh, flamboyant, if you will, typically those people are looking into their phones when you're approaching them. So there's a very, there's a very interesting thing that that kind of freedom does with posturing, you know, and I've seen it. I was a part of it. I did it. And so that's why I'm able, when I step out of it, I said, Ooh, I was actually, I was one of those people, you know, I was a, a, a man loving other men or liking other men, but also not being a man forward, right? It's, you're human to say hello to someone. 